Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Jillian Tudor. She is a curly hair expert from Vancouver, Canada. She's been in the industry for quite some time. I I didn't get the exact years. You can share that, Jillian. Um, Her salon is called Texture This. I love that name. And she has education under the name of Texture This Solutions. Welcome, Jillian. Thank you. So nice to be here. So nice to to finally connect with you. This is awesome. Yes, I found you on Instagram. Uh, I'm always looking for someone who's doing something just a little bit different. You know how hard it is now with all of social media to really stand out. And I, years ago in my salon, when I had a new stylist, my daughter was 11 years old. So she had just gotten her first period and she was a naturally curly girl. And all of a sudden her curl started to change. And I was like, no, this happened to me when I was a little girl, I had the Shirley Temple curls. And then as soon as I hit puberty, you know, it got like half curly, half straight. Then you start with the perms and you go into that whole mess trying to get your curl back and it's never the same. So with my daughter, I thought there has to be another way to keep her curly. So I started to research curly hair and this client of mine used to drive from New York City. I was in PA. She would make the trek to PA to have her color done, but she would never let me or anyone in my salon cut her hair. And her hair was super fine, not really, didn't look like a naturally curly girl at all, texture-wise. And she would say, no, 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 I go to a curly hair specialist. And this was back, my daughter's now 27. So this was a long time ago when people did not know what diva was or what curly cutting was or any of that. And I said, what's a curly specialist? I've never heard of that before. And she said, oh, she cuts curl into my hair. And I thought it was the biggest bunch of BS I had ever heard. I I said, oh, wow what a gimmick, you know, what did they come up with now? So I made an appointment for my daughter. Actually, no, I I scheduled a class at the Diva, Diva Sean Salon in New York and I'm a color specialist, so I don't cut. So I brought the girl that would be cutting her hair, one of my staff members, and my daughter was a model and there were her curls again. And I said, I stand corrected. This is not BS. This is really a technique and a way of really encouraging the curl. And I, to this day, all these years later, I have never cut my daughter's hair because she's so afraid that if I cut it in the traditional haircut way that I was taught, the Vidasa soon and the structured, you know, pulling the hair taut, no matter what, no matter what the texture is, that I'm going to somehow take away her curl. So I love that. That's, you know, when I discovered you and that you'd specialized, I really wanted to talk to you on the podcast because I'm a big believer in specialization. I think it really helps to stand out in a very crowded market. So tell me a little bit about your journey and how that all came to be. Oh my gosh, my my journey. Well, I mean, a big part of it started with my own natural self. I mean, I'm braided up right now in a protective style, but normally my hair is out. It's big, it's curly, it's awesome. Um, I love it now. 
uh, years ago. Oh my God, it was the growing up from childhood. I mean, I was I was a, a product of born in the seventies. I was like grew up in the eighties and nineties. Um, yes, perms were big then, but nobody knew how to take care of curly hair. That was that was a huge thing. Um, I walked around with some pretty horrendous haircuts because people didn't understand how to work with curly hair. Uh, there was no products on the market that really worked well with with curl texture. I mean, there were some products out there, but it really depended on your curl texture. Um, for mine, there there really wasn't anything out there at all. Um, one of the biggest reasons I became a hairstylist was because I wanted to stop the tears. I wanted to, <laughs> to stop stop the tears from people going to stylists and having um, and just walking away with things that they they weren't comfortable with. Um, my journey actually as becoming a stylist, I actually I was living in Barbados. My my father is from there, and uh, after high school, I got the opportunity to go, and I spent a year and a half there. And I took a uh, cosmetology course there. And um, the interesting thing is, is like on an island where, you know, like 98% of the population has curly hair, the education wasn't about curly hair. Mm. Uh, just like everywhere pretty much you go, the education is pretty much the same. We're all standardized. Um, we're all like either working off the My Lady textbook, which I think like every school I've ever heard of around the world uses My Lady. And at that point in time, they had nothing to do with curly hair. They had like one uh, paragraph that described how curly hair is created, but there was no, how do you take care of it? How do you cut it? How do you color it? There was nothing. Um, so, I mean, even in Barbados, it was all about smoothing out the hair. That was mm. like a big thing. Hardly anybody was wearing their own natural hair. Um, and then when I came back to Canada, I realized that the stuff that I had learned, the styles and techniques I learned in Barbados weren't going to translate here so much because we didn't have that, like a high enough population here with that type of texture to build a really good, strong clientele base. Um, it would have taken way longer. Um, so I actually took another full hairdressing course. Um, here in Vancouver and same thing it was like it was like between the my lady textbook and we were doing uh, pivot point so that was like my full training was through pivot point and pivot point didn't have anything and I know up until now they still really don't have anything to do um, with uh, curl textures um, I've heard that they're changing that so yay to pivot point and my lady is changing also which is awesome it's <laughs> <laughs> but it, oh my gosh yes but it was everything was taught it was like pull everything straight check everything pulled out um or else you were blow drying the hair straight to cut it, it everything was about straight hair now mm -hmm. don't get me wrong i love straight hair i think it's absolutely beautiful but not everybody wants to spend the time especially your clientele doesn't want to spend the time blow drying and flat ironing their hair and because there was no education in that, I didn't have education myself really on how to work with curly hair. Like I was trying to work with mine, but product wise, getting people to cut my hair just wasn't working. So I wore my hair straight for years. Probably, I would say, um, 
probably about 13 years of my career, maybe a little bit more than 13 years of my career, I wore my hair in straight styles. It was always blown out. It was always flat ironed. Um, and then one day I was just sick and tired of having to fight it. Anytime I wore my hair curly, it just looked a mess. And so I actually did a big chop. I cut all my hair off. I went right down to like shorter than Halle Berry short. Oh, and, and started fresh all over again, and then started dabbling in, um, different products, shampoos, conditioner, styling products, um, that were based off for curly hair, but I was still finding that there really wasn't a whole lot, especially in the professional industry. I was finding that a lot of curl products were not actually meant for curly hair. People were assuming what curly hair needed. But they, and so they were putting ingredients into those products, such as like high levels of silicone, because um, that's the anti-frizz, you know, miracle product. But curly hair, it was, it was not working for curly hair. So I went through so many different um, professional lines. And then I started dabbling in, in a little bit of products that were not sold professionally. And I was, it was getting super frustrating. And then I went to a show, Cosmoprof actually um, does quite a bit of shows throughout um, Canada, also just like in the States. And um, Diva Girl happened to be there. And so I sat through this class. And of course, I'm skeptical because everything I've ever used was just like not working. So I'm walking in there and I'm like, yeah, right. As if you guys could do anything, right? And um, I ended up being a model. Mm. for the class I, uh, one of the educators Cal who's amazing he he was just like let me just style your hair for you and I was like okay just you're not allowed to cut it right I was terrified of having my hair cut so I was like you, you can style it so he styled it and by the time my hair dried my hair looked completely different than when I walked in so I was like huh this is interesting so I bought the products and started using them and my curls just got better and better and better. And I was like, what is this? So then I started doing more research and uh, took a couple of classes and, and I was like absolutely hooked. I was started from using the products on myself into using the products on my clients because my clients were like, what is going on with you? Like we've never had seen your hair like this before. And they wanted the same kind of thing. So that's kind of how the whole like, curl thing for me started when I realized that there was techniques out there that were fabulous for, for curly hair from cutting techniques. And we do have a highlighting technique, um, that the products, the products was what really kind of like pushed me over to the side of there's so many curly hair people out there that have no idea the potential of their hair. Let me see what I can do to help those people because of my own traumatic experiences, I wanted to make sure that nobody else went through the same thing as that I had, or, I, or if I could stop the trauma from happening. So it's been, uh, it's been a, an awesome journey. So that's probably been about eight or nine years since that has happened. And I've just gone further and further into working with curl, working with wave and curl and, and tighter curl and, it's just been amazing to not, not just like what my curls have gone through in, in their transition into being absolutely beautiful and healthy 
um, but also watching my clients. I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of the reasons why we get into this industry is so that we can help people see the beauty in themselves. And when you can take a curly hair person, like I've got clients that are in their 60s, so it's the first time in their entire lives they've actually been able to say, oh my gosh, I love my hair. So 60 years of hating how they look, which affects you throughout your whole entire life, to now walking around with their heads held high and having just the confidence to be able to be who they want to be, how they want to represent themselves. Um, it's been, it's been a, an absolutely incredible journey. And, and so I'm so happy to be able to help people work through all of that. I love that you said, I wanted to stop the tears um, because you saw a need and you filled it. And that's what I teach my children about their future, you know, passions and what they're going to do for a living. I say, don't do something because it's the cool thing to do or everybody's doing it. Everybody has their own sole purpose of being here and something that lights them up and everybody's different. And I love the saying, your mess is your message because you had to suffer through the, the curly hair thing of trying to tame it and trying to beat it into submission. And now look at you, this is your, your focus and your niche and all the things that you do is surrounded by the very thing that you tried to beat out of yourself. And that's what I loved about Lorraine, the founder of Diva. I love that about her story and her book. She talks about ironing her hair like they did in the 70s. I can't oh, yeah. imagine laying your hair on an oh, ironing board. Been and, there, done it. <laughs> and the, did you do the, uh, the bottle, the Coke cans and the soup cans and all that? They used to set their hair on cans because they had oh. it so large. And Yeah, no, I, ne I never got so. to that point. But that, that house iron was definitely a thing. And that was probably one of the worst things I could ever possibly have done. But uh, yeah, it's like, having having these people out here i mean if you look at lorraine i mean she's been she's been working with curly hair for so long and has really understood more and more about you know all textures of curl which is like fantastic um when i when i very first started with diva they weren't necessarily doing all textures at that point in time um but then they slowly started um introducing more products and understanding more about the curlier textures of hair like what diva had at that time worked well for me but for the curlier textures it just wasn't enough wasn't enough. enough moisture yeah. enough hold and so they started adding in more products for that and they could continue to add in more products that's um fantastic and now i love the fact that there's so many product lines out there sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming um, but it's, uh, it's, it's great because uh, the clients that come and sit in my chair, we talk about like through their consultation, we talk about what they're using and why they're using it. And with me basically prescribing products that I know is going to work for their hair texture. So I'm not just giving, you know, it's like one, one cleanser and one conditioner for everybody. Everybody gets something slightly different which is like amazing. And I, it, I mostly work with Diva Curl products, but then there's other product lines out there that I have discovered that work just as well. And so I play a little bit in between different, the different product lines, which is, which is awesome. I can't wait until the big companies 
And I think there's quite a few that have like kind of hopped on board. Once Diva kind of um, really started to explode, the other professional product lines took notice and realized what they were doing was not working and they were losing a lot of the, their um, clients to buying up like Diva Curl products. So they've changed like, I know that Bumble and Bumble's uh, curl line is absolutely amazing. Um, Redkin has changed theirs also, and it works fairly well. Um, so it's nice to see the big companies that have been around for, for years finally realizing that curly hair has its place and that it's not just a trend for the moment you know, is what grows out of our head. Some of us are born with curly hair. Some of us go through it when we have hormonal changes in our lives. Um, there needs to be something there that helps with um, all curl textures, which is fantastic. And I'm, I'm so happy that there's lots of, of the big companies taking notice and understanding it's, it's, there's so much more to it. I, I have a story of, of uh, my introduction to Diva as well. Um, after I had done that trip to New York to do the class and everything, um, they came to our area and they rented just a small room at a hotel down the street. And it was, you know, come, come see a Diva presentation, blah, blah, blah. And, and I always went to everything that came down the pike. So I took my staff and we sat down, we sat in folding chairs in this hotel room, basically. And Lorraine herself did the presentation. It was way in the beginning of the line, uh -huh. you know, life. And they had a bucket of water on the stage. And to your point, they just took yeah. like someone out of the audience that had what looked like straight hair. And she would say, come, come here, come here, come up here. And she would just dip her hands in the bucket and like scrunch their hair and put the product on. And they had these beautiful curls and their eyes would widen and say, I've never, I never thought my hair was this curly. So I took that and went back to the salon. And when I had the set it free, I'm talking about this new product line and you know, it's for curly hair and yada, yada. And clients would say, Oh, my hair would never do that. And I would say, watch, you know, and their hair would be dry and straight. And I would just spritz the set it free on and just keep scrunching it. And they would get all this wonderful curl to the point where my sister would say, that has perm solution in it. You're putting some kind of chemical in my hair. I said, number one, if that was perm solution and it's not around a rod, it would take your curl out. It would reverse your curl. Yeah. So that's not true. But she yeah. couldn't believe, and still to this day, you know, she lets her hair air dry now ever since seeing that and is thinking, why did I, you know, she would blow it all out and then put curls in it when she yeah. could have just been letting it go. So it really did free a lot of people from their massive morning routines. And then God love you living in Barbados. Once you get it all straight, how long is it going to last in that? <laughs> I live in Flo humid Florida now. So it's like, forget trying to yeah. get frizz and, and all that out of your hair. I just kind of let it do its thing because there's no no fighting it in this amount of humidity. Oh, but humidity. Something else I wanted yeah. to point out is you accidentally became an expert for something that you, you didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be the best curly hair hairdresser ever. You, because of the need that you yourself had, you found that solution. Your passion became helping other people and sharing it. And when I teach I try to tell people, 
it's really not, you know, it, it's so frustrating to watch people copycat off of other people. They see, you know, someone might look at you and say, well, oh, wow, she's doing curly. I'm going to do curly. I'm going to make that yeah. my thing. But they don't have curly hair or they haven't lived it. And they're just being a puppet and going through the motions and saying what you say and trying to be you. They're not going to be that person that everybody organic, like I found you, you didn't reach out to me and say, hey, let me be on your podcast. You popped up, you said something. I forget what your post was, but I was like, oh, finally, someone who really is just embracing curls and letting them do their thing. And they're so rare. And I want to get her on this podcast. We didn't know each other. I never met you. I've never seen any of your work, but I knew that you were different. And I, I teach that all the time. I just say, just be you, but just a yeah. little bit different than everybody else. Stop, stop calling other salons and asking what their prices are. That makes me crazy. <laughs> that happens all the time. When I'm teaching my classes, people are always asking me, you know, how much do you charge? And I'm like, you, you can't, you at the beginning of just learning how to work with curly hair can't charge the same price as what I can because I've had more years of experience. Like you, you can't ask people how much do they charge for things. And I know it happens, it happens in every class, every class that I've ever attended, you know, from color classes to, you know, yeah, curl classes, other cutting classes. Um, it's always interesting because people always want to know what the educator charges. And it's like, do you realize like I can charge this because of the fact that not only do I specialize in this, but also the education that, that I put into myself, you know, I'm not just out there teaching, I'm taking every class, you know, not just Diva, I take classes well outside of Diva in different, like different um, curl experts who teach class. I take their classes because you have to open up your mind to different ways of doing things. And the more that you get into that, the, the better you become, the more practice you have, and then you can start, you know, thinking about raising your prices. So I, I, it's so interesting that people want to charge what I charge, but they've only taken one curl class or one color class, you know, and it's just like, you, you just, you're not there yet. When, when you've had the experience, and you've really honed into your, your craft, then you can start, right? And it's also about your clientele base. When you get to the point where your book's solid for like three, four, five months, that's when you want to start raising your prices because people are coming to you for your specialty. And um, I mean, there's some people that won't want to pay those prices and that's totally fine. That's up to them whatever is in their budget but then there are people that are willing to pay and to travel to see you so which is like yeah. my I best friend her salon specializes in curls and ever since she's done that she has a wait list a mile long she she never has enough staff to keep up with the demand of the curly clients and the other thing is um the reason that you can charge more especially when you have more experience is the beauty of a curly cut is they're not coming in every five six weeks you know yeah, they don't no. need that type of maintenance they can come maybe three times a year so you want to yeah. level up those prices but something that has really bugged me in the industry is um and i blame it on kind of like the um the self-help 
generation of maybe the last 10, 15 years, the younger stylists coming out of school, their parents are from that Wayne Dyer, um, Louise Hay, that self introspective trend of, you know, value yourself, put yourself first and, you know, don't be the doormat. And that was all well and good. But we as a generation, my generation, our children were brought up being spoon fed, all of those, you're great. You're the best kid ever. You're the prettiest girl in class. <laughs> you are, you're so wonderful. And they think they can do no wrong. And they're coming out almost too confident where I see you know, when I'm teaching, I'll have someone come up with a formula that makes no sense. They'll show me a picture. It's got hot roots. Nothing's even, you know, the gray's not covered. The hair's fried. Like there's nothing good about it. And they proudly put the post up and say, I charged $350 because I am worth it. And I want to charge my worth. And they're all full of all the slogans, but the work's not there. Yeah. So there's like this disconnect of overly confident, underskilled versus our, my generation was skilled and not confident with the prices. We yeah. set the bar so low. Yeah, we did. Now the, the, the newer people coming in are like, are you kidding me? I'm not doing a full head of highlights for $85. No way, man. I'm charging $350. But they also have three clients a day. So there's, there's this whole shaking up of the industry where like the, the vet, the Tracy Cunningham's doing 40 yeah. clients a day alone. Like she does every single head. I still don't know how the math adds up to 40 a day. That's crazy. Um, to now this new generation of three a day, but they're $900 each, you know? Yeah. And it's like, whoa, there has to be somewhere in between. <laughs> it's gotten a little bit crazy. And yeah. it's like, there's no, there's no industry average. You know, um, the industry average, when you see those reports and they say the average hairstylist makes 25,000, that's not true anymore. It's that people aren't reporting the income, which hurts us for newer high school kids coming in. They're like, do I want to, you know, wear a bikini and go on Instagram and become an influencer and make 500,000 or do I want to be a hairdresser and make 26,000, you know, <laughs> so it's kind of like, Hey, I don't blame you, but, but there yeah. has to be, we all have to come together somewhere. There has to be somewhere that it makes sense. Cause it's, I, I know that social media, as much as I love social media, I think social media has definitely skewed a lot of things. Um, we see so much beautiful work out there. Um, but, what would be awesome is for the people that have been in the industry for 10 years or more to, to talk about like what, what it took for them to get to where they're at. We, we forget the hard work or the, the, there's so much of this, of this, like not talking about, you know, that these people may have worked under other people for a really long time. A lot of people did were worked as assistants you know, and you, you had to do the, the, the grunt work, right. Which was really like going, to, going and grabbing somebody a coffee, <laughs> you know, and like pulling foils and they, they had to stand there and they had to like watch and learn and then slowly got to the point where whoever they were assisting allowed them to, you know, have, um, like to have a model day, right. Where they would bring in models and, and work on them. And, I would love to see more, more stylists who have been in the industry for a long time talk about what they did to get to where they're at. 
you know they're, they're not just all of a sudden these beautiful magical hairstylists um that haven't been in the new industry uh, you know for <laughs> less than a year and they're creating this gorgeous work it's like how did they get there what was the steps that they had to take to get to that particular point you know um yes there are some young stylists out there that blow my mind because they think differently than than what i do because they're more of like breaking the rules right and there's like i don't want to have to you know assist somebody for five years which is totally cool um but yeah the the coming out and putting a post up of work that is like kind of subpar and if anybody says anything to them about, hey, you know what, you need to, here's, here's some, some advice as a, you know, as a veteran stylist that you could do to work on your work, they, they just like step back and say, because they've never had anybody, not, not criticize their work, but give them um, constructive, yeah, constructive, you know, criticism. Um, they're definitely a generation of like never having that. They didn't have it in elementary school and high school and, and so on. And they've always been told that they're, they're absolutely perfect the way they are. But that you always have to, the only way to learn is to, you know, not do well at something. You gotta, you gotta fail at some things. Because if you don't have that, then how will you ever know where you really are at in life? Where are you at in your career? There's, there always has to be some kind of like consequence. And that consequence is going to propel you to your next level. You got to take it and be like, okay, you know what? I need to change this up and let's go, right? But it, it, it is very difficult um, for the young people because they've never had that. They've never had that through their whole entire lives. Um, I mean, there's a few, but very rarely are you going to find somebody that has ever actually had to step back and, and reevaluate and move forward and ask the questions. Ask the questions. I'm a total question person. I irritate people so much because I want to know. I want to know everything. I want to know exactly in your mind how you came up with that specific technique, you know, or that specific formula. I want to know it because if I know it, then I can do better with my own work. You know, um, one of the things that, that actually drives me crazy in this industry is, um, when somebody says that they're a master, a master hairstylist. Um, if you're a master at it, like to me, that's like kind of the end. <laughs> that's the end, right? I would rather, I don't ever want anybody to call me a master because I'm always learning. There's always something new to learn. There's always a new technique that's going to come out. There's always going to be, there's so many hairstylists out there that do such fabulous work that may be better than what I do. I want to learn from them. You know, I, I, even though I've been in this industry for a very long time, I still feel a, a big part of me as if, as if I'm just starting. You know, there's always something new. Yes, I can get really good at something. Yeah, you can be like, like one technique you can, you can perfect, but you perfect it in one way when there may be five or six different ways to get to that same result. Right. You know, I, I wish, uh, 
I just wish more people would understand that there's so much to learn in this industry, not just in this industry, but in the world period, because you're going to take what, whatever you learn outside in the world and you're going to bring it into what you do as a, as a professional. And it just makes you, it makes you better, but it's not about being perfect, you know, or being looked at as perfect. You said, um, you know, when people are young in the industry and master one thing, you know, it was the vivids became so popular, all the Mm -hmm. unicorn colors and these newer stylists mastered that process so well that the Cosmoprofs and the big companies were like, oh, we want you to be our, you know, poster person and be in all the shows and everything. But then if they were in a normal salon situation, they might not do a really pretty multidimensional gray coverage client or something like that. And you, you watched, I sat back and watched the Instagram accounts. It was, you know, crazy numbers of followers. Some obviously bought, you know, in the beginning stages, (laughs) very obvious because they're not even old enough to be able to have that many. Um, and it was all about the hype and all about the, the likes and the, the attention and everything. And, and one of the themes that went across all of those accounts was, sorry, not taking any new clients. And me being older, I was like, wow, that's really not smart because clients move away. They have family that become hairdressers. They die, unfortunately. You know, like there's so many factors in attrition in your book. You're not going to own that client base forever and you're not always going to be in that kind of demand. And they were charging these crazy prices. So yes, you're going to have people flock to you because they heard about you and they see these amazing pictures. But when they go home with their new color and they realize that they don't even look like themselves in the picture, that there was a lot of editing going on in the photos, a lot of really cool video effects, that was great, but the average person wants their hair to last, you know, a nice amount of yeah. time paying a thousand dollars or whatever it is. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I just would say to my staff, just keep your eye on this. Cause you're going to see that shift. Like all of a sudden they're going to be looking for clients and that's exactly what's going on now. Oh, yeah. good news. Taking new clients because all of a sudden they're not getting those clients back in. So anybody yeah. can get a bunch of clients one time. But yeah. it's oh, yeah. retain yeah. the same client for years and years and years because you and I are bettering ourselves and trying new things and bringing in new products and always being excited for our clients. We're not just going through the motion, setting the timer, da, 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 that monotone yeah. day in, day out. And there's so many people stuck in that rut that can't even see that there's another way out there because they're so stuck in their routine that like they're paralyzed with the fear of something new. It's kind of like, you know, I'm too old to learn something new, which is. Oh, and that is like crazy. That's insane. I I had uh, one of my classes last year. I had a woman that was in my class. She had been in the industry for over 40 years. And this was, that was the actual very first curl cutting class that she had ever taken 40 years. And I mean, and I, and for the young ones that were only in the industry for less than a year, I turned to them and I said, you see her, that's who you want to be like. You want to be the person that's it's longevity and you never want to stop learning. You always have to keep learning. Don't look for the instant gratification. 
which is what I think a lot of stylists, especially um, through social media, you'll see. It's the instant gratification. It's like filling your book with a trend as opposed to, I want to keep this client in my chair as long as I possibly can. So if it's five years, 10 years, I think the longest, I have two clients, uh, I think it's two clients that I have had sit in my chair for, I think next year's our 20 years, which is, which is absolutely incredible. You know, everybody else has either moved away or they found other stylists and I'm, I've moved a couple of times. So people don't want to change salons. They're like the salon clients. Um, I have watched little ones like four-year-olds that are now, you know, going into their twenties. I've, you know, I've, I've been part of that to me is the most important. It's the longevity. I want to keep the clients in my chair as long as I can, you know, if they move or if, like I said, if I moved uh, salons and they, you know, it's too hard for them to follow, that's okay. But it's more of, for me, it's more about, I want those people in my chair for a long period of time. I don't want to put myself in a situation where I can only do one thing. So we were, you were talking about the, um, the trend of, you know, the, the unicorn colors. I mean, they're beautiful. Are they going to, it's lasting, it's lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. Longer than I wanted it to, for sure. It's like, if that's the only thing you've focused on, what happens when people start to go back to natural colors? What are you going to do then? And in the, one of the other biggest trends right now is your cool tone, white, silvery color, Mm. which is one of the most difficult colors to even get there without destroying the hair i mean you Mm -hmm. can if you know what you're doing but eventually that trend is going to change i watch stylists the stylists that i used to work with and i watch even on um um there's a couple of facebook groups that i'm in and watching stylists panic because they don't know how to do a warm color they're so focused the mind is so set on everything has to be like cool tone and like white and gray and and it's just like all you have to do is just like add a little warmth you don't have to take them to a, a level 15 right, right. <laughs> to put that warmth back in the hair right <laughs> like it's it's interesting when people are just so focused on one thing and then when it's something as easy as creating warmth in the hair because all hair has warmth in it right like they just absolutely completely lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I create this? You know, or else they'll, they'll go to formulate their color, but their mindset is so like, Oh, I don't want to make it too warm. And they end up mudding up their, mm-hmm. their color. They're, they're, they end up being like no warmth to the hair and they can't figure out why it's like, because your mindset is still in cool tone. You mm-hmm. got to take, you got to just like drop that aside and move it into something else. So it's going to be really interesting to watch as colors that we're going into fall. So as the, you know, normally as we're walking into fall, our color trends go warmer, right? How are people going to be able to um, handle walking into warmer tones? I've noticed on, because uh, I'm on, I think that's where we, we first kind of connected was on um, Redkin Shades of Q. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, group, and I see so many people freaking out right now, going into warm trends. 
Um, I see lots and lots of everybody still wants white hair. Um, but it's going to be, I'm just watching as people are posting more, like, how do you create this formulation? Which I think is awesome. That group is like amazing because everybody is so nice and so helpful. Um, but it's just like, you, I can, you can almost see the panic in what they've written. And it's like, oh, they just want to be, you know, a level eight, like warm blonde or strawberry blonde. And I don't know how to do it. And it's like, okay, well, you got to like drop the mindset of everything has to be ashy and cool. Let's, let's change that up. You know, Absolutely. I, uh, the trends, trends are fun, but it's, it's, it's short lived, you know? So, and those are the trends are the clientele base that is not going to stick with you for a long period of time. If you can't move away from that. Exactly. They're going to you know? jump to whoever the, the latest and greatest is in that new trend. Because yeah. a lot of clients, did you ever have a client that, you know, you've done them for 20 years and you've made suggestions for changes and you're always trying to keep them fresh and they're like, no, 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 no. And then you don't see them and then you'll run into them out somewhere and they have a totally different look, something that you may have been, you know, recommending. And it's almost like they felt like they had to go to somebody different to get something different. They don't yeah. think that you can do something different. They don't even think to ask. It's like, oh no, I just have to go somewhere different. That used to make me crazy. Thinking, yeah. well, you could have done that. You could have given me permission to do that. I wasn't going to force you into it. I thought it was a good idea. Um, yeah. how, how come you let him do that? You know, and it's always like yeah. a guy. Like when you're a female hairdresser, they always go to some guy in New York that they read about in the magazine. You know, they think that when someone gets pressed, that they're like a whole different hairstyles and it's just they have a really good PR person and they happen to get written up you know I know myself yeah. I've gone to people that I've heard great things about and I'm disappointed just like anywhere else I'm like no yeah man. hair your hair is your hair it can only do so much so much yeah yeah I mean one of the things on my on my Instagram my Jill's curls account um it, if people look at my pictures on there I don't edit them very much I may edit like the background but I don't touch the hair. I never touch the hair. Um, I leave, of course, I want to leave skin tone exactly to how it is. I want to make sure that the hair color and the haircut was exactly how it's supposed to look. And it's never perfect because it's not going to look that way when my client goes home and does her hair. I teach her how to create the look that she's looking for but I want to make sure that what I do doesn't look so perfect that there's not like I, every one of my pictures, you could see the little flyaway hairs because that's the way it's supposed to that's be. And curly, life, hair, yeah. curly hair does that. Right. There's no such thing as like the perfect curl look that doesn't have some kind of like frizz or flyaway or, you know, a curl that's not curling exactly the way you want it. Um, I'm not going to sit there and, and do that to my clients because I want everything that they see to be attainable. I want them to be like, you know, a lot of clients will come in and they'll be, oh, my hair won't be able to do that. My hair, my curls won't be able to look that way. And I was like, well, you know, it's all in just the technique. It's all in how you're applying your products, you know? And so I take them through the whole entire step why I'm using the cleanser I'm using and how to use it properly, what conditioner I'm using and how to use it properly. Your leave-in conditioners, are like what kind of 
what kind of curl do you want to have? Do you want to have a super defined curl, which sits smaller, or do you want to have bigger hair, which then you're going to use a completely different product? Or do you want something kind of in between? So you can play around with styling products. You know, it's the, the most heartbreaking thing for me is when I see somebody come in and they've got a, a curl pattern that's like absolutely gorgeous and they show me a picture of somebody that has completely different curls than what they have. Or they'll bring, when it comes to color, the amount of people that walk in that have brought me a picture of somebody that's had their hair blown out and curled with a curling iron. And they're like, I want that color. And I said, it will never look like that on you. I'm right. super honest. <laughs> My clients know that I will be 100% honest with them. I'll be nice about how I talk about it, but I will just like explain to them why this is not going to look exactly the, the way they want it to look. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I do have clients that... I don't know how many I've had that have gone elsewhere to get a different look that they think that I can't create. Um, I'm sure that I've had a few of those, um, but a majority of the clients that sit in my chair that have come from other stylists, they're usually in my chair one because the stylist that they've gone to doesn't know how to work with curly hair properly. Um, or, or else it's like, the stylist has done the same thing for the past like five years and has not even suggested any kind of change, right? When they may be looking or they'll suggest things and the stylist just brushes it off and just wants to go in and do that retouch and not do anything else from there instead of making a plan. Like I love making plans with my clients. Like, hey, you know what? This time we're going to do this. How about next time we go in and we just like, you know, I paint in a couple of lighter pieces or, you know, let's change that color up just slightly. So, you know, you don't look exactly the same all the time. You know, you, you got to make those suggestions. Um, or else the client does get bored and they think that that's the only thing that you know how to do. Right. Um, yeah. And I guess it's like clients out there also, they want to, they want to try other stylists and I'm like, go ahead, go try, go try another stylist. You may like what they do better than what I do for you. Um, which is totally okay. Also, you know, I mean that then opens up my book where I can take on either a new client or it gives more room for one of my regular clients that hasn't been able to get in as of yet. So, I mean, we all have choices. That's the great thing is we all have a choice of who we want to, um, who, whose chair we want to sit in. And also it's great for, for us as stylists too, is because we get to, I'm at the point now where I really get to decide what type of person sits in my chair and on, on Instagram, on Facebook, I'm the exact same person that you will see on there when you come and sit in my chair. You know, I don't try and play up my Instagram and stuff as in, as if I'm somebody completely different. And then you come sit in my chair and you, I'm a totally different personality. Right. Who, what you see is what you get. I'm exactly the same person. You know, I change slightly depending on where my clients are at uh, emotionally if I need to be a little bit softer because they're going through some stuff, then I will dial it down. Um, I'm a very loud human being. <laughs> so, so sometimes I just gotta, I gotta bring that down a little bit. I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do so I can get quite, quite loud. Um, 
but clients can see how I am on Instagram and they make the decision if they want to sit in my chair or not. I, I would say that's probably where most of my new clients come from is from Instagram or else it's referrals, referrals. So somebody that has sat in my chair and they've told their friends and their family about me and, and then they want to book appointments with me, which is like awesome. Best compliment that you can oh, get as a personal referral. Because me personally, yeah. I moved recently and I don't have anyone to refer me to anyone. And it's hard for me to find someone to do my color here because to your point about calling yourself a master, I'll be scrolling Instagram and I'll put the hashtag of my area. I'll put like blondes, St. Pete Beach or blonding or balayage or any of the, the keywords. And I'll see someone has their name as blonde specialist, blah, blah, blah. And I scroll through their photos and it's just what you said. Like every single one is just white and icy, not interesting, not dimensional. And I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. I just keep looking, looking, looking. I haven't found anyone yet. So um, the fact that you are fine, you know, people are finding you on there and that your work is in person, what it is on Instagram is a tribute to your skills as both a marketer and a hairdresser. It's not smoke and mirrors, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I never wanted, I never wanted my, cause I mean, Instagram really is the best marketing tool because when it's free, which is like awesome. Um, and, and pretty much everybody uses Instagram. Um, but I'll go through other people's pages and I'm like, it's so cookie cutter. Every single picture looks the same. Everything is blown out the same way and curled the same way and, mm -hmm. and colored the same way. And I'm just like, okay, if that's what you're looking for, that's great. But, but then the, your clients think that's the only thing that you know how to do. So yeah. all of my pictures all the way through, it's like, I've got different curl textures. I've got different color. I've got different poses, you know, and I try to keep it as like light and airy and, and real as possible. So people know when they, when they are coming in that it's real. You know, they're not going to get something completely different than what they're, I mean, they're not always going to get exactly what they're expecting because sometimes the expectation is, is, uh, unattainable. Unrealistic. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from when you're, when you're looking for somebody to do your color. It's like, because everything is so on trend with this icy tone, it's like, what else can you do? Show me something else. You know, and I don't, for me, I don't want anybody to think that I'm only like doing one thing one way all the time. I be, with being a, a curl stylist, uh, I'm a texture stylist. I do all textures of hair. So a lot of people think because when they look at my Jill's curls page, that that's the only thing I do. But that page was created specifically to show how beautiful curls are from wavy to curly, uh, to super curly. It, that's what it was created for. But every once in a while, I'll throw in there, you know, somebody that has straight hair because I want to show I can do straight hair. I can still work with straight hair. It's a different mindset. My mind switches from, you know, curly into straight or whatever is sitting in front of me. Um, but, you know, it's, you have to show a little bit more diversity in, in, in what you can do you know um so for for anybody that is listening <laughs> i hope that they will see that they just step it up and just show that you have so much more to offer than one specific look 
you know, you don't always have to blow dry and, and curl in the exact same pattern um, for everything that you show, because then you are pigeonholing yourself mm-hmm. and then that's it. And then, and then what are you going to do when the trend changes? That's when your spaces open up because people don't want that anymore. And they don't realize that you can do more, be more versatile with your staff. So how can people find you and keep in touch with you? I know you have education coming up and I'm sure with us talking about your Instagram, people will want to find your, your Instagram handle. Yeah. So I have two, I have, so Jill's curls, it's G I L L Z. (laughs) See there, there's the Canadian part. There's Z. (laughs) Uh, So it's G I L L Z C U R L Z. United States. Um, and that one is, is specifically just for curls, wavy, curly, all, all different textures there. Um, and then for education, I have my texture, this, um, Instagram account, which I'm just kind of starting to like post more things on there. Um, and that's where you'll find all my educational stuff. So I'll have, uh, education on there for clients um i'll have education on there also for stylists so like color formulations and maybe how i've done a haircut uh some of the tools that i use to create to help me create the the looks for my uh my curly clients um education also wise is one of the things i'm going to start with in the new year is i'm going to be doing classes or workshops for parents that have kids that have a different mm-hmm. texture than them so that they can work. It doesn't matter if you have straight or smoother textured hair and your kid has really curly hair, um, or if you have really curly hair and your child has smoother texture, straighter hair. I mean, it, it goes both ways of understanding how to work with different textures. So I'm going to be doing workshops um, specifically for that. And then as we move a little bit further into the year, then I'm going to start workshops for stylists um, understanding how to color curly hair mm. because majority of stylists don't realize it's a completely different technique 100%. to color curly hair. Um, when I think about uh, smooth texture or straight hair, uh, I thinking more one dimensional when you're working with curls, it's, it's completely like three dimensional completely right so you can't look at it the same way and so i want to help stylists be able to understand when they have a client that comes and sits in their chair how to look at it and how to create formulas um, and techniques that you'll be able to show that color off beautifully um, without you know trying to create a look for straight hair that of course doesn't translate into yeah 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 I love that. And that's that's exciting. Very exciting. Well, I could talk to you forever. Um, We we (laughs) already, this this is, this is a long one already, but I love it. I've loved every minute of it. So I hope that people will check out all of your social and I'm sure this is not the last that they've heard from you. I would love to have you back on and and talk more about um, curly hair color because I definitely adjust my size of my weave, my, my sections in between, you know, everything. And, and I'm not a believer in, you know, a lot of colorists, especially color educators have their assistant below the hair pin straight to color it. I don't agree with that. I think let it be where it, where it lives and color there. 
So I think that'd be a great part too for us to get together for. So. Oh, absolutely. I would love to talk about like coloring curly hair. That is like, that is, that excites me so much. I, I just like, I'm bubbling right now. Just, just even thinking about it. It's awesome. so much fun. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's just, a another niche that, uh, or another thing that stylists, um, should be thinking about, um, when they're, when they're coloring curly hair and product wise, oh my gosh, I mean, we could totally go down that, <laughs> that road of like volumes when you're mixing your lighteners and what colors Absolutely. to use. Oh my goodness. That's, uh, that's such a huge, a huge thing. Yeah. But we'll get, we'll, we'll we get more into that do later. That. Thank yeah. you everyone for listening, um, for Jillian's awesome color information, and we will see her on another episode. So thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.